0: Okay, Um, we're going to do meditation. For those of you that have not done a silent meditation before, um, there's a few ways that you can go about it, uh, to play with it, kind of, and see what works best for you. And that is, one, just ride your breath. Get real focused on your breath. And as you breathe in and out, Just be aware of whether you're inhaling or exhaling. And if you find that having a mantra helps, it doesn't matter what your mantra is. It can be any word, any phrase that means something to you. In the beginning, in fact, I still tend to use inhaling, exhaling. I just say those two words in my mind as I'm doing that because it helps me stay focused on my breath and staying focused on my breath will get me present and keep me right here. And that's, that's the whole goal. Um, if that's not working for you, you can use one of your five senses. Some people can do an open eye meditation, which simply means you leave your eyes open, and you just notice what you notice. You notice size, shape, color, um, depth, distance, um, shading of light if you start naming things or judging things then it's not working for you that's your clue so close your eyes (laughs) and start paying attention to sound and you'll hear one level of sound and if you are able to stay with that that'll drop down to hearing a whole nother level of sound which is really kind of amazing if you get to get to play with that if that's not working then pretend that you're a cat sitting at a mouse hole waiting for the next mouse to come out but you're not waiting for a mouse you're waiting for the next thought so just pay attention to trying to catch the next thought as it comes up and just that in itself will stop that process from happening um, sounds really easy and it's really hard to stay focused there you'll notice all of a sudden you're thinking about what you gotta do tomorrow what you got pissed off about today, (laughs) whatever, it'll pop up and there it'll be, playing with you. So play around with all three of those, or you may have even heard of others. There's hundreds of ways of doing it. Those are just the three easiest ways that I've always played with and and seem to be... um, Simple ways that people can begin when they're first starting with this process because getting silent Why we do it for 15 minutes is for those that have been doing this for a while. It's almost like a tease (laughs) To do only 15 minutes, but for people that are new at this it can feel like 15 years (laughs) so um, I'm gonna probably shut that door when I get started Um, Oh, that'd be great Earl. Thank you um I'm going to start us with the bowl. This is a quartz crystal singing bowl, and it is tuned to your crown chakra. So, some people notice, I've heard after circle a couple of times, the top of my head starts buzzing when you play that bowl. Well, that's why. And even though you don't feel it, it doesn't mean anything. It's okay. Um, So I'm going to start us with this, and then when you hear this again, it'll mean our 15 minutes is up and to start coming back. She meditates really good. (laughs) So you could focus on the breathing? Awesome. Perfect. See, everything always happens exactly the way it's supposed to. I love that. (laughs) She's looking at you like, What is this? Why are these... Why are these people talking? Okay. For those of you that don't know, tonight's topic that I was given, (laughs) and I went, really? (laughs) Because this is a tough one. Is it lying if I avoid the truth so you won't be hurt? Well, I guess we're going to discover that, aren't we? (laughs) <laughs> so, I, I want open it, to open it up with reading this um, out of John O'Donohue's To Bless the Space Between Us, and it's called For Broken Trust. Sometimes there is an invisible raven that will fly low to pierce the shell of trust when it has been brought near to ground. When he strikes, he breaks the faith of years that had been built quietly through the seasons in the rhythm of tried and tested experience. With one strike, the shelter is down, and the black yoke of truth turned false would poison the garden of memory. Now the heart's dream turns to requiem, offering itself a poultice of tears to cleanse from loss what cannot be lost. Through all the raw and awkward days, dignity will hold the heart to grace, Lest it squander its dream on a ghost. Often torn ground is ideal for seed that can root disappointment deep enough to yield a harvest that cannot wither, a deeper light to anoint the eyes, passion that opens wings in the heart, a subtle radiance of countenance, the soul ready for its true other Um I've I love this guy's writing so I tend to to go to him a lot Um, these were some quotes that in in looking at this question I kind of went in search of you know what other people might have to say about it Um, this one is it's hard to believe that a man is telling the truth when you know that you would lie if you were in his place If you tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything. Who lies for you will lie against you. No man has a good enough memory to make a successful liar. Make yourself an honest person and then you may be sure there is one less rascal in the world. (laughs) A half-truth is a whole lie. A lie will easily get you out of a scrape, and yet, strangely and beautifully, rapture possesses you when you have taken the scrape and left out the lie. Those who think it is permissible to tell white lies soon grow colorblind." So as I continued reading through this list, I was like, oh, man. <laughs> um, hmm. In looking at, uh, is it a lie, if I hold back so that I don't hurt you, there's a lot of different things to look at here. And when I've talked to different people about this, just asking opinions from anybody. I mean, I asked opinions along my years of of recovery and and my own spiritual search from my teacher, from other teachers. but also just from my friends, from different folks that we just ended up in those kinds of conversations and and I, I came to some conclusions. I would call really big conclusions, other people might not, but one of the things that I would have you look at is if I don't tell you the whole truth about something. so. I don't really lie, I don't make something up, I'm just withholding some of it. Um, Am I really doing it not to hurt you? Anybody guess? How so? Okay, that could be one angle of it. Avoiding a form of confrontation. Hmm. Yep. But mm-hmm. Yeah. But we're putting it all out there, huh? Okay. Now I'm going to take it to another level. What about those truths? Because I know a lot of people. I used to know a lot of people. I've since kind of. You know, some of these people don't belong in my life anymore. Um, And that is, is it um, a lie to, if, if I look at what you're wearing and I see you're wearing, you know, polka dot pants and a plaid shirt, and it's all in blues and greens and yet you have this burnt orange jacket on with it is it a lie to not say oh my god did you look in the mirror before you left the house (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right exactly not my not my deal yeah yeah (laughs) exactly so there are people that used I used to know a lot of people that saw themselves as great truth tellers because they were busy taking everybody else's inventory they were busy telling everybody else what they thought of them and or if they were you know well she asked me Well, she asked you a very simple question, and you went on for like 20 minutes, you know. So one of those deals. So those people I don't really believe any longer are great truth-tellers. The the truth-teller to me really is somebody who is absolutely vulnerable. Your word for that was perfect. Vulnerable exposing of myself, allowing myself to just show up totally out front who I am authentically but we get really really scared to do that because it does make us vulnerable now let's take vulnerable and jump down a few rabbit holes with that one (laughs) what does that mean it makes you vulnerable what does that mean You you can get hurt what else Okay, so you might show up as weak. Okay, insecure. Okay. Well, yeah, but you're jumping too far down the other rabbit hole yet, Earl. We gotta, we have to go <laughs> steps there. <laughs> well, and bottom line is, what that is is what v- vulnerability, insecurity appearing weak or even being judging yourself as being weak you're not telling the full truth about something because you're what that you will be those things afraid. yeah afraid so it's fear yeah. so you're allowing fear to dictate to you how you show up in the world especially how you show up with your maybe your significant other, your husband, your wife, your, your best friend, whoever those closest people are to you. Now, obviously, when it comes to parents and children, there's a thing called age-appropriate, okay? You don't sit down with a child and explain, the reason mommy and daddy are getting divorced is, <laughs> lay out all the hard-cold facts, okay? Especially if they're like five you know so obviously with children when when we're talking about these subjects it needs to be age appropriate and not only that it needs to be boundary appropriate where you are still the parent you know because what happens is and i'm going to go on a little side trip here because i've worked with enough of this that i want to address this is that when children get told too many facts and are talked to too much about what's going on in mom on in mom or dad's life it's almost like they become an emotional surrogate spouse and it's called surrogate spousing and it's really 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 damaging one of the most damaging aspects about it is that it is so subtle because there's not it's not about physical abuse or sexual abuse where there's actual touching but it's considered a form of sexual abuse so so there are some really clear boundaries that need to occur between parents and children. And, and things need to be age-appropriate. You would share more with a 15-year-old than you would with a 5-year-old or a 10-year-old, obviously. And kids know more than you think they do. You know, that doesn't mean you fill them in on every single detail. Okay. And part of it is they get to begin to learn, too, what is their business and what is not their business, okay? Because that's another piece to this, is there's your business, there's my business, and there's God's business. However you want to see God or higher power or unified field, whatever that, what that is for you, you know, that power has a whole, a whole different agenda. It's about evolving, constantly evolving. So that's always changing. Okay, so back to this issue of fear. Aren't we, in a way, sharing information with somebody and doing the withholding part, maybe even, and let's say we even make up a few little things, just to kind of embellish what we have said that was happening. But we want to kind of, you know, hit it home. (laughs) Make sure it goes where we want it to go, okay? So, and I don't know about you guys, but I'll own it. I've done that. I've done my share of that. So, here's the deal with that, though. When I got to taking a look at why did we do that? Why did I do that? Well, I wanted to avoid conflict and confrontation. I wanted to avoid that person's anger with me. I wanted to avoid feeling responsible for that person appearing hurt to me. Like say, if they cried, if they got, appeared really depressed. Um, even came right out and said, you know, you've broken my heart. You know, for me, because then that means I, I, I might have to look at where my accountability is and or I might have to um also be really clear about my boundaries that if you choose to take that that way that's your business and I need to let you do that and that's also where we really struggle yeah absolutely yeah that's where I'm going next (laughs) no no Earl you stay right there (laughs) yeah Hang on a second. So the controlling part is out of fear. I'm trying to control what is going on because I'm trying to get what? What is the ultimate thing any of us want? Love, What else? Hmm. Stick, we'll stick in the hierarchy up here with love. Peace. Yeah. We want peace of mind. We want love, and let's put a dollop of joy on there, too. We'll have Tinkerbell come along and give us a little tink. <laughs> okay, bottom line is, isn't that all any of us really want? And Marshall Rosenberg, who created and teaches nonviolent communication, one of the things he talks about all the time and is, is the premise, the foundation of his teachings is... No human being does anything at all, doesn't do a thing, doesn't make one move, utter one word that you aren't trying to get a need met of some kind. You're trying to get a need met, even if ultimately that need is the same basic need of every human being on this planet, and that is for love and for peace. and we have this constant fear that we aren't going to have that so we are in this constant mode it's almost like sometimes i think about it as the shell game you know (laughs) okay quick where's the love where's the peace oh not there okay (laughs) and so we're we're running around behaving in ways and doing things that we have done for so long and most of us being unconscious most of the time we have no awareness that we're even doing it so you know that's one reason I believe there's that saying the road to hell is paved with good intentions because I really do believe in our hearts we do have good intentions we mean well I mean Rosenberg even said that Hitler meant well He was just trying to get needs met. His strategy was messed up on a huge grand scale. But that ultimate, and and to hear this coming out of Rosenberg, let me tell you, the first time I heard that in a workshop with him, this man's Jewish. And it's like everybody in the room was like, (laughs) how could you say that? But as he explained it, it made perfect sense. We aim poorly, and depending on background, some of us come from some pretty dysfunctional background, depending on addictions, and there's tons of addictions. There's a handful of substance addictions. Okay, I'm gonna go down another rabbit hole here on the side. Handful of substance addictions. There's street drugs, prescription drugs, over-the-counter drugs. There's alcohol, there's food, Specifically sugar, fat and salt uh, are the biggies. Um, Nicotine in all of its forms. I think that's pretty much it for substances off the top of my head. The rest of them are process addictions and don't fool yourselves that they're lightweight addictions or thank God I just have one of those. I'm here to tell you I feel really grateful that I am a recovering drug addict and alcoholic because with drugs and alcohol I could put them down and walk away. All the process addictions, from love addiction to sex addiction to money addiction, all of that stuff, we still have to deal with all that, you know? The dad that's a work addict, you know, a workaholic, that causes as much damage in that family as if he were alcoholic. We see the same stuff happen out of it. Okay? So, depending on what our addictions are, depending on what the dysfunctional background we have is, depending on what our current circumstances are, those are the strategies that we're going to pick to try and get those basic needs met. Okay? So... And the biggest thing is, you know, Katie talks about our constant going after love approval and appreciation, constantly. And that we have fear of not getting that. If I tell you, when you ask me, what do you think about this, and I know that you're really hoping for this opinion from me, let's take it to you're on a second date with somebody that, in your opinion, is you're really interested in. That's why you're on a second date. And you're thinking, yeah, there's, there might just be something here. There's certainly chemistry. Right? Chemistry keeps us... You know, we fall into lust and like. We don't fall into love. We fall into lust and like and then we grow into love if there's given enough time for that to happen. We just call it love and we live in this wonderful dysfunctional culture that spews constant fairy tales at us through movies and television and you know Valentine's Day and (laughs) all this other stuff and that's wonderful if we can see past it and see it for what it is but let's say you're on that second date and um, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna speak from it speak of it from the woman's point of view okay being female That would be easier for me. (laughs) Okay, so, so, you know, let's say he says, I want, I want to go to this football game down in Eugene. I'm really into the, who's, the Ducks. Okay, and (laughs) I'm with you, honey. (laughs) And so I really want to spend time with him. He's good-looking, the chemistry has fired up the old lust factor. You know, I mean, you start feeling that love drug, and they've done research on that. When that hits, when that happens, trust me, they've they've noticed, they've noted and, and researched, there are major changes of the drugs that go on in our brain. And this is not having to ingest any, okay? This is brain chemistry mixed with hormones in the right combination, and it's like, Oh, my God, fireworks and... oh, deadly. <laughs> um, yeah, it blinds you to everything, and it really doesn't blind us. What, what is going on is if we're getting our needs met, we don't want to mess with anything, so we don't see those things that, are, that down the road are glaring, <laughs> you know, given six months or a year. Okay, once that cocktail has worn off upstairs, because see, that can't go on. That intensity cannot be maintained or sustained over a long period of time. It just can't. So, okay, so I am more than willing to go to the duck's game. All I can think of is I like duck's. I think ducks are cute. I feed them at the park. (laughs) Now, I know he's talking football, but I don't care. Let's go. Ducks are cute. All right, I get to be with him, and oh, how wonderful. So we go, and I appear to have a really good time because, one, it's a new experience for me, right? I've never been to a football game, Um, and But more importantly, I'm with him. I'm enjoying my company with him. And he's paying lots of attention to me. And he's making sure that I get hot coffee to stay warm and this and that and the other thing, right? Okay, so what does he learn about me? That I like to go to football games. So on the drive home when he says, Well, what do you think? Did you have a good time? What do you think I'm going to say? Oh, yes, I just had the best time. Because the last thing I want to do is screw up my opportunity for that love, approval and appreciation. Okay? By saying, you know, I had a really good time because I was with you, but I think I would prefer to be in a whole different scenario. I don't think I'll be doing football games again. Because that might just end the deal right there, huh? I mean, who knows, it might be a deal breaker for him. He might be a football fanatic. I don't know. This is only my second date with him, OK? But so let's say that I don't. I, I lie. And I say, oh, I had a great time. It was awesome. You know, in my head, I'm going. Got through that one. <laughs> okay. So then, I get tickets to go see Riverdance. Now, for those of you who don't know, I'm half Irish. I love anything Irish. I love anything musical. Riverdance is an awesome combination for me. So I tell him, I got tickets for Riverdance. Let's go. And he doesn't quite know what to make of that and says well what is it so I tell him it's Irish music and dancing and da 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 and and it's awesome and you'll love it and of course his hormones are on high he's got the the cocktail going on up here too right his his hormones are racing everything is still in flush. third or fourth date, we go to to Riverdance and of course I love it I have a great time and I'm so excited he's there And on the way home, I'm asking him, so what did you think? And what do you think he's probably going to tell me? It was great. I loved it. Boy, those people can dance. (laughs) And let's say it wasn't all that bad for him, but he probably doesn't really want to repeat it because it's maybe just not his thing. doesn't make him bad. It's just not his thing, right? But what have I just learned about him? He's open to doing that kind of thing. Okay? So, as this relationship progresses, I've just given you two really blatant examples, but how many every time we talk on the phone or email or all the texting that goes on now with people, how much does that person really know me and how much do I really know them by the end of one month? hardly at all I have an image of who they are and I've created an image of who I am for them and that's what we are learning to grow into love with is the image so what do you think happens a year and a half down the road (laughs) if you've even made it that far and Let's say you're moving in together. Boy, there's a lot of little white lies, a lot of going along with, a lot of holding back the truth with that kind of stuff, isn't there? I mean, we do that. Because in the moment, it's like, we either think, well, this is a great thing and it's wonderful and I want to do this, or the other thing that happens for some people is, well I need to do this I don't really have a choice I need a place to live (laughs) you know because I know lots of people that that's happened with it happened to me one time so I mean that's the way I was perceiving my reality that wasn't the truth of it but that's what I believed and since that was my reality for me what I believed then getting talked into that was really easy okay so at this point We don't even know each other at all, and now we're under the same roof. (laughs) Oh, dear. Yeah, let's make it even worse. We've gotten married. (laughs) Oh, dear, dear. (laughs) I'm with somebody that does not know the real me. And I don't know the real them, at all. And so now, we're in this almost, I hate to use the word, but it's the only one that's coming to mind right now. It's almost like we're, we become in this battle, where we're trying to keep peace, we're trying to hang on to that love we believe we feel from the other, and that we feel for them and we are so frightened of losing that that it's constant control and maneuvering and really really i want you to stop and think and don't answer me quick because i don't want to i don't want to hear stuff off the top of left brain kind of move over into right brain which is where meditation kinda can take us a little bit and see what comes up in response to this question, and it might be images, it might be thoughts, but really, who are you afraid of? If I am not telling the whole truth, if I'm going along with, if I'm even embellishing, but I'm doing that... Because now I'm, I'm realizing, really, it's not about not hurting you. It's about I'm getting my needs met. Because I fear losing love, approval, and appreciation. I fear losing that peace. Okay? So am I fearing it from the other person? Or am I fearing it from myself? Byron Katie has a statement, and I'm just using her statement. I've learned this from master teachers long before I even heard of Byron Katie. And that is, I am the projector and everything I experience in my life and all the people and what they're doing are the projected. In other words, I'm projecting everything I'm experiencing. So if I fear that by telling you, no, you know, I really don't want to go to the football game again, I really enjoyed being with you, and that's really why I went, because I'm not really a sports person, and just not into it, I don't even watch it on TV, I, don't I had a husband take me one time to a basketball game. and. I jumped up and was screaming at everybody to shut up and give the guy a chance and it turned out it was the opposing team. <laughs> it did not go over so well. <laughs> Consequently, though, thank God, I never got taken to another basketball game. <laughs> but I'm just not a sports person. It just doesn't do anything for me. So, And that doesn't mean anything except it's a preference of mine. Okay? But... If I'm fearing I'm going to lose his love, approval, and appreciation, by not being honest about that, what might that be saying about me, in terms of fear? Can anybody see it? Earl? (laughs) Throw it out. Mm-hmm. and so you know love with approval and all that and you know, ego like, mm-hmm. you know right so that's one way because it's fear of I'm not good enough so that unless I can fit myself into the mold that I think you're that you want what you need then I'm not I'm not going to get the love approval and appreciation which is all about the ego and the personality the what? The story. Oh, the oatmeal story. the that comes <laughs> after that is <laughs> the resentments come. Is the resentments come right. So, this guy and this girl are dating, and this guy, you know, they finally get to that place where, you know, they get to both get a little, and he spends the night while well, she gets up in the morning and fixes her favorite breakfast, which is oatmeal. Okay? And. He sits down, and even though he cannot stand oatmeal, he eats the whole bowl because he just got laid last night. Do you think he's going to let go of this? (laughs) Obviously, it must have been good. He'd eat a second bowl of oatmeal. He doesn't care. (laughs) I mean, let's be real here, right? (laughs) That's the truth of it, okay? So over and over and over, He keeps eating the oatmeal. Eventually they get married. He's still eating the damn oatmeal. And it's 20 some years down the road and he is so damn angry about the damn oatmeal showing up on the breakfast table every morning that he's spitting nails. And finally, you know, It pops out, but of course it comes out sideways, it comes out explosive, it comes out with probably, you know, 50, 100 other things that, you know, are those little things, right? But they're big because he hasn't voiced them. (laughs) She'll get pissed. I don't want to put up with her temper. I don't, da, 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 da. Might not get laid again. That's right. It's not always about the that's where from the very Bingo. Yep. Yeah, well, you know, that's why I was willing to go to the damn football game. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it because uh, truth be told, truth be told, guys, You guys, I I believe, get a bad rap that it's always about, it's always the guys that want to get laid. And if women were honest, women want to get laid too. You know, this, yes. (laughs) You, you got lied to, Earl. (laughs) Okay, so the bottom line is here, what happens is it's still all about you everything that you're doing you think it's because I don't want to hurt the other person I don't want to piss them off they'll cry well I got to experience being honest with somebody even knowing ahead of time knowing this person well enough to know that what I was gonna say as kindly and as lovingly as I was gonna say it they as a result were going to feel really hurt AND I ALSO KNEW IT WASN'T MY JOB TO FIX THEM, TO MAKE THEM OKAY. AND THAT I ALSO DISCOVERED THAT SOMETIMES the, THE MOST LOVING ACT I CAN DO FOR ANOTHER HUMAN BEING IS ALLOW THEM WHATEVER FEELINGS THEY'RE HAVING, ESPECIALLY WHEN THEY'RE BELIEVING IT COMES FROM MY ACTIONS. IT'S EASIER IF IT'S SOMETHING ELSE. I can walk away because I know it wasn't my fault. <laughs> okay, they don't want me doing anything. Okay, cool. I, but I didn't do this. <laughs> but if, if it's something that the finger is being pointed at me or I've just spoken my truth about something and the other person is feeling hurt or feeling angry, feeling really frightened, and, some, and their history's coming up and they're reacting out of that that still is not about me I did not cause that and that's the hardest thing that we have to deal with now I do believe I have a responsibility I mean there's lots of different ways we can say something right I don't ever want to go to another flippin' football game again in my life. I think you guys are morons, blah, 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 blah. That'd be one way of saying my truth. Right? It's not very loving and it's not very kind. Plus it goes off into a lot of judgments and unnecessary stuff when all I have to do is state my preference. I don't think, yeah, I, I don't want to do football again. I would like to continue spending time with you. And the part that I enjoyed was the fact that I was there with you. Yes, is there a risk? Absolutely there's a risk. But do I want to hook up with somebody that is a big sports fanatic when I'm not? I mean, how well is that going to work? He's not going to be real happy. I'm going to be telling him, go to your damn games, go, go, go. And he's going to be unhappy because he really wants somebody to go with him, you know. I'm going to be unhappy knowing I'm making him unhappy because there is that piece of us that continues to feel responsible until there's not. But and most of us still struggle with that. So that's what I have people ask themselves. Ask yourself, if this truth is going to end this, do I really want to be with somebody that would require this of me? I mean, because the whole point of dating, at least for most people, is you're looking for a life partner, right? A spouse, someone to share, all the stuff with life about. To grow, to change, to go through all that stuff with. Somebody that through that process gets to know you. You get to know them. There is support. They offer you that soft place to fall. Because no matter how human you are, they love you anyway. No matter how human they are, you love them anyway. And if that's not that person, then wouldn't it be better to walk away after the second date? Because that guy with the oatmeal? <laughs> I mean, to tell you, if he did that with the oatmeal for that long, can you imagine how many other things he kept inside and didn't say anything? That she, and she was supposed to what? Read his mind? And that's the other thing that we do all the time you know well he should know that i want flowers on my birthday really how should he know this well because i told him last year i wanted them on my birthday and i said that was last year (laughs) he might be thinking if i get her flowers every birthday she's going to think i don't really care that i'm just sort of being robotic about this whole thing who knows what he's thinking We can't read his mind. Bottom line is, if that's what you want for your birthday again this year, then tell him that. If you want them every year for your birthday, tell him. I want them every year for my birthday. Don't ever question that. It will thrill the living poop right out of me. And if I ever change my mind, I'll be glad to let you know. Okay? That's being straight up. I had a couple that I had worked with for a while that were, they were dating and then they lived, they were living together and she really, 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 I cannot underscore this enough, really wanted to get married. He really just didn't care one way or the other. I mean, it just was kind of mocks next to him, you know. and so one time when she was talking with me on an individual basis she was carrying on about this and i said well i think you ought to go buy yourself some wedding rings and marry yourself and she looked at me like i was nuts and i said go buy yourself a wedding set wear the engagement ring become engaged to yourself and experience what it is you really are wanting here because you have the commitment I mean, he really was showing up. This guy was really showing up and being present in the relationship. It it took her a few months because she really did think I had gone off my nut. But (laughs) eventually (laughs) she decided to do just that. So she bought herself a wedding set and she showed up one day and she had an engagement ring on and I said okay so tell me did he ask or did you (laughs) and she said I finally did and I discovered that what I wanted was the status of it I wanted to have the ring to show I I was a part of a couple I wasn't just a free agent out there even though my friends know that other people don't and I wanted that for me and I feel that when you're engaged and when you're married, you have a better status with other people in the, in the community. And I said, really? Wow. OK. <laughs> but that was her reality. And I, I didn't want to argue with her reality. That was her reality. And I said, so how do you feel? And she said, actually, I feel really good. I don't care if he asks me to marry me or am I not. <laughs> I said, well, are you going to have a ceremony? Because I had actually done that at one point. I had gone through this whole thing, uh, and I'll get into this, I'm going to talk a little bit of this around announcements, but I had done this whole thing for two years around romancing myself, learning how to romance myself, fall in love with me, because I was asking the questions like, would I marry me? Would I want to live with me? And you know, the first, I have to be honest, the first thought that popped up in my head at the time I asked this was, oh, scared of that. (laughs) It was like, yeah, no, not so much. So I knew I had a little work to do before I might want to look at having a partner (laughs) again. So I did that. I, I, I did all the things, everything that I had wanted a partner to do for me, I did for me. I romanced myself. I bought myself flowers. I'd buy cards and write the right thing to myself, put it in the mail. And get it in the mail. And I know that may sound goofier than shit, but let me tell you, the power of it is phenomenal. The power of it's phenomenal. Everything that I did ended up being incredibly powerful. And I ended up literally doing a wedding ceremony for myself where I married myself. In other words, I took vows to me, with me. No, my cats. Well, now my reception, my reception was awesome. <laughs> they all thought it was my birthday party, but that's okay. Because <laughs> that was only, that was later that night, and I, the little ceremony I did with me and my two cats, yeah, they were my witnesses. And they were very present and attentive, too. I was really impressed. (laughs) But, you know, bottom line is, when we learn to do that, we quit waiting and expecting this other person to meet all those needs for us. And what she found out was that she already knew he loved her. She already knew he was fully committed. She already knew all that. It wasn't about, I need him to marry me so that I can feel these things. She wanted the status. And she wanted the actual thing that says to the rest of the world, I'm taken. And she, But we live in a culture that says, you can't give that to yourself. What are you, some flippin' weirdo? <laughs> That's not okay. And again, in comes the fear. Fear of not being acceptable to our peers, to the community we live in. You know, fear of being considered weird and bizarre and out there and and some of us are just more comfortable out there. I am apparently. So <laughs> it's easy for me to go there, but you know, bottom line is it's like What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? Because whatever you're afraid of really doesn't have to do with that other person or those other people. I'm afraid my husband will get mad at me. Okay, my husband will get mad at me. Take it through Katie's work, is that true? Can you absolutely know it's true. If you tell your husband the whole truth about blah, 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 he's going to get mad at you. Well, and he might. So that takes me to another place because I've had people say, well, I stopped the affair, but now I should tell my husband. No, you shouldn't. Why are you going to tell your husband? So you can feel better, so you can relieve your guilt at the expense of your spouse who's done nothing. No, you get to resolve this within yourself and if you've decided to stay then you stay but you do the work that's necessary to heal that within you. Otherwise you dump that load onto your spouse and then you walk away going, oh God I feel so much better I finally told him or told her. Well, hmm. Yeah, like that's different. That's different. Yeah, then it's about getting honest. Mm-hmm. But if they don't know, if they haven't asked, if there's no, no way that they have a clue to what's been going on, you have no business relieving your guilt and your shame by dumping that on them. If they ask, if it, if... So you don't think they have a right to know? No. It's not about, what, what would, how do they, why do they have a right to know? Well, don't you think that would show up then? Mm. Usually in that case, Bob, what I've experienced is that spouses catch on and start asking questions. And that's where the honesty comes in. And obviously if there's an addiction, there's no honesty hmm I did not Okay. Okay. And did you leave her then? No. Because you had your own addiction going on. What what was it? Yes. Yep. So your addiction may keep you stuck but then that's your addiction, okay? But if people, if your spouse is asking you or if you are asking the questions, then yes, I believe you need to be given the honest truth. But if, I'm talking about the person that has had that, they've they've made that one mistake, they've stepped outside the fidelity and the vows of their marriage, and they've decided, I can't do this, I do not want to lose who I'm married to, I love that person, I can't believe I've done this, I'm, you know, I'm done with this. No, not if they don't know. And the reason I don't is, for one thing, the 12 steps taught me that. What does the ninth step say? It's made amends wherever possible except when to do so would harm them or others. And I got taught very clearly that if you go there to dump your guilt, then you're just continuing a form of abusive cycle. And it's still all about me, 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 me. Okay? If they've asked questions, they know. Their intuition is already niggling at them. At that point, yeah, that's different. When you're talking sex addiction, you're also talking co-sex addiction. Both people are addicted. They're just addicted to different things. That requires, and usually you were asking, you were probably asking questions already, you know? Yeah, but the trouble is is that most people that are addicted to the other person and their addiction and like, I'm gonna get them to love me. I'm gonna get them to change this behavior. What happens is you can have all the evidence in the world. You can have videos and pictures and, and say, but I still am not sure. Actually have been a lot of time I didn't ask the question because I have a fear of what the answer would And then it was on mm-hmm. potential demise of the situation. Which was your addiction. Yeah. So, and that's just. I have to feel my feelings. Right. Well, and that's the whole point of what I'm talking about is that we base all of that stuff on our fears. So, be willing to confront those fears. As long as you're willing to allow the fear to run your life, guess what? Nothing's going to change. And you're going to be miserable. Well, the feeling reality is... Well, part of it is that, but part of it is also the belief you have about that truth. In other words, he's having an affair on me and that means what? Okay, so the belief is he doesn't love me. So that's what I'm not willing to look at. He doesn't love me. Is that true? Do I absolutely know that that's true? And how do I feel and how do I react when I have this story he doesn't love me? I get depressed, I get angry, that's where all those emotions come up and I feel them in my body and I have reactions. I treat him, I push him away, right? I treat myself bad because I'm not feeling real good about the whole world, right? Okay, and also we know that that probably goes back clear into my childhood and has connection back there. So then go to number four with real simple, for a moment, What would my life look like? Who would I be without that story, without that thought that he doesn't love me? Answer the question. Sit with it. Who would you be? What would your life look like if you did not have the story, she doesn't love me? Regardless of what she's doing, I don't have that thought. That belief does not come up at all. Imagine. Have the belief, pain. No belief, no pain. Whatever shall I do? (laughs) But we will fight to hang on to that damn belief every time. And then turn it around. She doesn't love me. I don't love her. And then really having to look at, I don't love her. Is there any truth to that? Is there any pieces of evidence to that? I don't love myself. Any truth and pieces of evidence for that? And by the time you get done, asking the question and finding out becomes nothing. So that feeling reality is all around hanging on and fighting for that belief. And if you're willing to do the work that takes you through clearing that belief and getting over here, it becomes a whole nother world, a whole nother reality. Well, they're just not ready to wake up enough yet. Yeah, it's about being conscious, because I think once people get conscious, people tend to go there. It is the person we lie the most to. Not sometimes. <laughs> because you know I, I also agree with Einstein our biggest illusion is that there's more than one of us Bob yeah yeah that's why he's my hero <laughs> crazy hairdo doing all <laughs> okay any, quest- any other questions or comments? big subject I mean, we could, we could go on this one for a while. But the, real, the, the biggest answer to that, if you want a real simple answer to that question, is yes, it is lying. And I've, I've convinced myself it's because I'm avoiding hurting you, but it really has nothing to do with you at all. It has everything to do with me trying to meet my needs for peace and, and love. Say again? Use your words. Yes. Huh? Oh, only three times. Five times to three guys. Um, I don't know. I'm not, I wouldn't say no to that. Uh Uh-uh. But I'm not, I'm not looking for that. I mean, I guess what I would say is I'm open to it, but I'm certainly not looking for it, and I certainly don't need it. And I actually could see myself in a committed partnership without it for the rest of my life. I really could. That piece of paper is just that, it's a piece of paper and, and I think it really causes more problems than it helps I support. I just read an article, fastest growing segment of the population is people who feel about shack enough. <laughs> 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 Shack it up. <laughs> so, so be willing to at least ask yourself some of the hard questions. What am I afraid of? You know. What am? And, and, and if I'm afraid that she's not going to love me anymore, or that she's going to leave her, that she's going to be pissed, then take it through those four questions. If you don't know how to do that, sometimes I'm really good with segues. <laughs> I know, huh? <laughs> um, next Wednesday is the second Wednesday of May. So on the second and fourth Wednesday of the month, um, I teach Byron Katie's work. And, and that was what I had just kind of briefly done with Bob there and all that in a few minutes. And, and that's really an unfair way to do it because it really is a, pre- a meditative practice as well and you can be facilitated by somebody in fact in the beginning it is really recommended but that you still go through it it should with one with one statement one belief it should take about an hour yeah Because it's, you're sitting and waiting to see what else comes up around it rather than off the top of your left brain, just boom, 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 boom. And what happens when you do it that way? You get no results. It's at my home. Yeah. I like the way you kind of connect it to different scenarios, like when you're talking about your partner, but I could also fire, anyone can apply it to, say, their best friend or, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely your boss yeah Yeah, that's a big one that's the one you'd really get scared you know oh my god I can't tell him the truth I'll get fired okay so next Wednesday okay any of you in from Portland do I have Portland people here Monday night there's a Byron Katie um, practice thing that Todd Davis and Doug Fulton are doing um, and It is on Southwest Kelly and at River West Acupuncture Clinic. And I've got the address, but not with me. (laughs) So, but that's Monday night um, from 7 to 9. So if you're Portland and that's an easier address for you than that one. Wednesday, we'll be doing one here, which is right across the street. also just a reminder i do individual mentoring and teaching um, of all these different practices as well as i do energy medicine which is healing touch and reiki and matrix energetics for those of you that are interested in that so and i would certainly welcome new students Um, and also too in terms of classes i wanted to ask and i talked a little bit about this earlier Um, some of the classes that I offer what I'm beginning to learn kinda just the way different the the way things are seem to be working right now is that when I set a date and plan the class um, I don't get as many students as I used to but I've had students come to me and they say I've got a whole group for example that set aside June 16th and they've already paid the deposit and it's a full group and they want to take a certain class on on intuition. So I thought, maybe I need to throw it out here and see what you guys think, whether it's intuition. I teach the archetypes, um, victim, child, prostitute, saboteur, Carolyn Mace's work, Sacred Contracts and Archetypes, um, Language of the Chakras, This is a good one, not only for women, but for men, the power of PMS and menopause. (laughs) You men, you really might want the information. (laughs) I I do a class in um, falling in love with yourself, and I also do a holotropic breath workshop. Well, we're going to be doing that one in May, but I don't want to just pick a day. So, I would rather find out from people when First you want to do Saturday, it. You have a schedule, but you don't plan those, like, year around. so like, you say I'm going to do intuition in July or whatever, then you offer the other three Saturdays if somebody wants to put their own time. You know me, I'm oh. things right now. Right. Okay, we got to talk about that, because I wouldn't know how to do that, Earl. <laughs> I'm, I'm so not marketing. <laughs> yes, okay. All right, so I would like to read this for you. Oh, there they are. Out of John O'Donohue. I love this one. This one is called For Courage. When the light around you lessens and your thoughts darken until your body feels fear turn cold as a stone inside. When you find yourself bereft of any belief in yourself and all you unknowingly leaned on has fallen. When one voice commands your whole heart and it is raven dark. Steady yourself and see that it is your own thinking that darkens your world. Search and you will find a diamond thought of light. Know that you are not alone and that this darkness has purpose. Gradually it will school your eyes to find the one gift your life requires, hidden within this night corner. Invoke the learning of every suffering that you've suffered. Close your eyes, gather all the kindling about your heart to create one spark that is all you need to nourish the flame. That will cleanse the dark of its weight of festered fear. A new confidence will come alive to urge you toward higher ground where your imagination will learn to engage difficulty as its most rewarding threshold. What is that, to bless the space between us. John O'Donohue. He's Irish. <laughs> yes. go figure (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay I like to close with the Lord's Prayer but I not being Christian I close it with the original translation of Aramaic directly to present day English rather than Aramaic to Greek to Latin to how many forms of English we've been through from the beginning of English O cosmic birther of all radiance and vibration, soften the ground of our being and carve out a space within us where your presence can abide. Fill us with your creativity so that we may be empowered to bear the fruit of your mission. Let each of our actions bear fruit in accordance with our desires. Endow us with the wisdom to produce and share what each being needs to grow and flourish. Untie the tangled threads of destiny that bind us as we release others from the entanglements of past mistakes. Do not let us be seduced by that which would divert us from our true purpose, but illuminate the opportunities of the present moment. For you are the ground and the fruitful vision, the birth power and fulfillment, as all is gathered and made whole again. a whole. Thank you all for being here. You give me the opportunity to teach what I most need to learn. (laughs) Thank you.